Well, hello there, Kansas City. Stephen St. John here with the latest episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. I had someone tweet me and ask me if the podcast had been canceled. My reply is, fuck you, no one has it, here I am. Uh, and so I'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors, uh, Patrick Carter, uh, kcfarmersagent.com. Patrick Carter, if uh, you want local, if you want the attention that you need from your agent, uh, kcfarmersagent.com. And he listens to and enjoys this podcast, no matter what you think. Also, uh, CBD American Shaman, our good uh, friends over there, and my guest today knows all about CBD American Shaman. He's always vaping constantly and rubbing cream all over his body. Uh, Frank Bowl, the godfather of Kansas City sports. What can you tell us about our friends at CBD American Shaman, Frank? The best, man. Vince Sanders and uh, Jamie Woolard. They are the best. I think uh heard about them as, now it's I forget all even long it's been. They uh they contacted Tim Grunhard and Timmy was trying to do the crunch time thing and get it uh, you know, rejuvenated again, put back on the air. So they said, Hey, we'll sponsor that and they sponsor virtually everything at the radio station. I mean Gummies. Any, anything cheese related they do. But they contacted Timmy and said, Yeah, put a show and we'll sponsor sure. the show and then Tim said, Do you want to be on the show with me? I said, Yeah. So it's been, and it's you been love, great. and you love, you love the product, don't you? The gummies, the vapes, the cream, all of it. You I use the topical. I use the topical cream. Where, and do you, I, where do you rub it? I rub it on my uh, on the knuckles of I, my, I, my two my I two typing knuckles. Yeah. My two little, my two finger typing <laughs> Those knuckles. Tired yeah. old knuckles. That's some it. Of that. And then I use the water soluble every morning, and uh, that's where I am. So the old knuckle shuffle needs some the, help with that. <laughs> you know how you know you bend. <laughs> you know you bend. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Okay. CBD American Shaman. Got to work. They're wonderful people, and uh, they're also wonderful sponsors of this podcast. So I've been wanting to have you uh, no, on wait, the podcast. No, wait, wait, wait. Before we get started. What? Okay. I know what I am. Okay. I'm the sacrificial lamb. No, no, After no, last no. week's 100,000 views no. on Jake and you, and they crying and MFing each I'll other and, and doing MF the whole deal. It's, <laughs> it was that, you know what? That was unbelievable, though. It was Great. You, okay, so you remember when Roy Firestone used to do his uh, show on ESPN where he'd interview athletes? Yes, and he'd, he'd always get them to cry. Yeah. And so my goal is to get oh. you to cry during this podcast. So if I could do that, my job is done. And, okay. you, and you've watched most of the Hot Mike with SSD. Oh, episodes, yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, you, do you hate them? Do you like them? Oh, I guess I love you're, them. So you're, I love you're them. here. And yeah, so, I love, yeah, sure. Uh, so we thought it was, you know, and Ben's bounced this idea off me. I've talked to Lebo about this. Uh, you know, people know. The personalities uh, of Sports Radio 810 and guests and contributors, but they don't know him. And so I want to use this almost as one of the things. Obviously, I, uh, my dad's a regular guest, and he comes on <laughs> yes, and tells his is. tales. That's right. Jake's going to continue to be a guest via Zoom once a month and let us know uh, what the hell he's doing in that cabin in, in Colorado and if he's been arrested yet. I know some of the things uh, he's doing. Yeah, my dad okay. says he'll be in jail within three months. We'll see. It's the over under. No, no, no. No, no because that stuff's all legal in Colorado. Yeah, right. So you don't have to worry right. about that. Not everything. I say, you know what? Uh, True. We're just we're wondering if Jake is going to pay his taxes. That's all we're focused on right now. Um, and so uh, I thought what better way than to start this process than uh, to talk to someone who's had the longest, most successful career that I know, Mr. Frank Bull. And so, uh, and my dad wanted me, you know, interview Frank. And so I've always, we've been on the air uh, so many times over the years, and I've never been able to say, 
you, you know, you are you are one of my favorite fucking guys in the world. See, I, I cuss at you. See, I'm now, doesn't that? That's and you've exactly got a, what you've you got say a filthy to me mouth too, don't you? I mean, oh no. That, but hey, that's the no, way no. you can I'm tell Mr. that you Wonderful. like. <laughs> but you can you can tell you like someone is when you insult them and yes. call them pieces Names. of trash yeah. and things like that. Scum. So let me start with this, uh, and 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 this is absolutely uh, true. So when I started uh, in this in this business. It was the end of 1998, right? And I was, I was still a kid. And I didn't know what I was doing. Some would say I still don't know what I'm doing. But you, I'm were a, you were a caller to yeah, the radio well, station. But see, but it did, I was, but I started doing a boxing segment as I was a caller. So I'd come in and do this boxing segment on Chad Boger's afternoon show. Yes. And then I had uh, a Never weekly boxing show with Randy Carver, the late Randy Carver, uh-huh. one of my best friends. And so we did, and we did a... We did a boxing show live from Roscoe Audio Video, right? And there was a, boy, I wish I could get my hands on that TV commercial we did. It was just terrible, but so what? We were, we were, we were on TV. Um, but very intimidating to start in this business because you just, you, you know, I didn't know. Is, am I, am I going to make this? I have, a, I have a, a baby boy that I'm responsible for. Um, I, I took a leap of faith and uh, quit yet another job that wasn't working out. I, I harassed Chad Boger to get to to let me be, um, you know, to do a boxing show, right? And some of the casinos spent money on it, and so then uh, then I would call in to the different shows and fuck with people. I was MU Rock. I was I was different voices, and I liked the idea. They didn't know it was me. I had some inside info, and I could really fuck with people. And like Lebo would feed me some info to say something. To, Lebo, and then, Lebo's the right. instigator. Right. In the oh yeah, place. people don't want. Yeah, they have no idea. And I, I think you know, he's really. Oh, what a nice guy. Fills in all the time. And so then they they found me out. But then and then ultimately <laughs> I took over uh, for the nighttime show in 1999. I've been here ever since. But what I wanted to say was, when you start in the business, you always take note, or at least I did, of how people uh, how people treat you. Uh, some people in the media treated me like shit. You know, and like I should have been, you know, they should have been scraping me off the bottom of their shoe. Uh, And so then I'd always be intimidated about the guys that I knew and would watch on TV. And and, and you were one of them, obviously. And you always treated me so well from the very beginning. You know, you would you would give me advice. You'd offer me advice. Uh, You would you would tell me things that that maybe I didn't want to hear, but I needed to hear you. But you were always very open. And you, you treated me so well, and there were some of your counterparts in TV that were just fucking assholes, and still are. And I, ne- and you, I never forget that. Yeah, and wait, I look at if, if if you're not watching this on YouTube, you can see the look on Frank's face. It's like ding, ding, ding. I know who you're talking about, and that just is. They 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 look down upon you back then. A lot of people they still do look down upon sports radio. You know, you know, you're not real media, whatever. We're entertainers, by the way. Uh, but the point is, I've always been so thankful that there were. You know, like Lebo, your man Don Proctor, mm-hmm. a gr- you know, a group of people that were established in this business that didn't make me feel like shit right off the bat and chased me away. And you were one of them. And that really meant a lot to me. And I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for that because you didn't have to do that. And, and whether you know it or not, so many people look up to you. Uh, you were the man. You are the man. And so that was always something that really meant a lot to me. And I've always been very thankful. And I don't know if I properly thank you uh, for that until now because you 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 help uh, a kid that was confused and not knowing if he's going to make it. You, you gave me some confidence that I could do this thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, uh, the one thing you did that a lot of people won't do in your position is ask questions. 
because they don't want to hear the answer. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you were always you were always wide open. You say, "Hey, look, I'm trying to do this, trying to do that." I, I never gave you ideas about subjects or things of that nature, but just how how you handled yourself on the air. And there was never a problem. Obviously, look at your career. I mean, you look back on it and say, despite the people who treated you like crap, and you know, despite the people who listened to you and gave you great advice or whatever. Number one, you took the advice. Right. Number two is you don't let the other people hold like hold you down. So that that's the most important thing in the business. That always motivated me. The yeah, ex- that, exactly. Doubters and haters that motivate you, but you also embrace the people right. and and the people that are successful. Why wouldn't you listen to the advice that they give? Yeah, why wouldn't I listen to your right? Advice? And 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 the other part for me is I was a lot like you in in, in a lot of cases because here I was. I came, I left a very what probably would have been a fairly successful career because I got to jumped on some guys' uh, coattails that I'd coached back at Villanova. And I just packed up. And this is why I related to Jake so much when, when he decided to leave, okay? We can talk about that for a minute, too, if you want. But the deal is that my deal was I quit a job as a college football coach, okay, with a bunch of guys who ended up going on one of the guys on the staff has two Super Bowl rings. Another guy was the interim head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Who, who, name some names. Okay, who? yeah. The, uh, the Freddie O'Connor was our offense coordinator at Villanova. He went on, went up into the pros as an offense coordinator, ended up being on the San Francisco 49ers staff when they changed head coaches. He was the interim head coach for like the last eight, nine games a year for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jim Bates, long-time offensive line coach in Cleveland and a lot of other stops in the NFL. He was our uh, offensive and defensive line coach at Villanova. We had a guy, we had uh, uh, George Landis, ended up taking Bloomsburg State, the Division Three National Championship, and won that. Uh, we had a couple guys who won high school championships wow. and the whole thing. Tim Rooney, who's from the Rooney family, okay, he was a nephew of Art Sr., was on that staff, okay? He ended up going to the New York Giants, winning two Super Bowl rings as the general manager. Okay, we uh, Dan Lachlan, really good friend of mine, God rest his soul, he just passed from uh, from complications from Alzheimer's just not not too long ago. Um, he ended up going working with the Rooney family because he knew Timmy. He ended up and went to Green Mountain Raceway in uh, Vermont, ran the dog track up there. Ended up in West Palm Beach running their dog track and poker uh, room down at West Palm Beach, which is a Rooney family under the Rooney family umbrella, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there were some guys on that staff that even if if I'd have stayed by osmosis. All these connections. All these connections I had. And I said, boom, I'm leaving. I'm going. I don't want to do this. I, I packed up everything I owned. I got all the money I had in the world in my wallet. How much was that? Okay, it was probably less than $1,000. Okay. Packed up. Now, we were talking back in 19... 19- yeah, let, let's get the timeline right here. Seventy-four. So, so wh- wh- where where were you born? Oh, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. Okay, Pennsylvania. And, and and you went to what what high school? I went to Central Catholic High School, same one Dan Marino. Okay, and you to. were you know, a football star. I played football at on my high school team. Yeah, we're right. number one team in the state of Pennsylvania. My senior year. Yeah, it, it played with anyone that we would know or any name? No, okay. huh? but no. You, but you you came from a football factory. Yes, right, right absolutely. And yeah. you go to Villanova, right, to play football. Yes, and you and and, and at this point. 
did you think that maybe you could be you could make it to the NFL or were you thinking about what you wanted to do? You go to Villanova, what did you want to do with your life besides play football? Did you have an idea? I did not have any idea. Well, Zero. So what None. so what did, how did you decide what to major in? Well, the deal was they told me what I was going to major in. <laughs> okay. They said, you know, because I wanted to go, I figured I was going to if I didn't if football didn't work out or whatever, I could stay in the sport by being a coach. Okay. So I wanted to go into the education area. And they went, uh, you've got to take like four years of Spanish. I'm going, okay, I'm not going to do education. What else can I do? So they said, well, maybe you can go in, into the business side. So you can go into commerce and finance. They called it CNF back in those days. It's called the um, the Villanova Business School now. They changed it. So the, the deal, it was the business school. So I'm, I'm getting very complicated here. And what they didn't tell me when I went in is that I have to take calculus. <laughs> which ended up being worse than Spanish. Okay, which for me, it was just ridiculous. I think I took calculus like four times. Right. So, and it kills your GPA because it's a four-credit course. And Like you know, an anchor. It, oh, just, right. it was just, it was terrible. But they said, you know, come on. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. No, zero. None when I went to Villanova. I went to Villanova to play football, and then I'd, I'd go to school. So then, was there at any point... When you were at Villanova, did you ever think about media or any- no, no, zero, so- not until no. This will come later, right? So, so you, you you played Villanova, and so how good were you at Villanova? Uh, well, let's be just come I, on. I, be, I, I was I was good enough that I'm in their Hall of Fame, Villanova oh, Hall of Villanova Fame. What, what position did you? Play? I played running back. So you were running, but give, right. give me, throw me some stats out I there. Just, give me well, something. Give me a big game. Okay. What, well, big game, Frank. Tell I had us about, to brag uh, about yourself. I had about 280 yards total offense against University of Toledo. Holy shit. My sophomore year. Yeah. So I, I think I had, um, I think it was over, not exactly sure, but I think it was over 3,000 yards total. For, now we're talking three years. Okay. We're not talking, right. there are guys that do this now, but football was different then. And what okay. year was this? Okay. I played football there from 19... 19- 66, 67, and 68 were my three seasons. I graduated in 1969. And you just be so. big, big man on campus, no, was, right? Right, yeah. At, but, at, at an all-male school. Yeah, right. that really helped out a lot. So, so that wasn't that – was you know, it really didn't translate what was life the like? way you really thought it would. You know what, what I mean? Like, what, was your, what was your social life like as, you know, football star at Villanova back in the 60s? I mean – Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I we had fun. We had five girls' schools within a half a mile of the campus. And, you know, hey. Rosemont, Cabrini, Bren Mawr. Harkham well, Junior just, College. You're just rattling them off, right? Yeah. What was the best one? What was your favorite uh, all-girls school within the vicinity? <laughs> well, <laughs> just <laughs> depend on the day of the week. Right, okay. right. Okay, so we had the Harkham, Parkham, and Farkham uh, group down at uh, the, 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 junior, <laughs> the junior college down what the street the? from Villanova. So uh, oh. that, was, uh, that was fun. That was uh, Wednesday nights. You were doing all right then. Yeah, okay. no, we were fine. And so then everything was good. It was college. And I tell you, it was a college in the 60s. Okay, which you understand we were going to go to school. A lot of guys were in there just to avoid the draft. Right. Okay. And and, what what a time in our history. And and that was. uh, Yes, exactly. And it was everybody was riding and talking about the 68, you know, uh, conventions and everybody with the riots and everything about the in the anti Vietnam War deal and and the whole thing. Washington, D.C., Everything that happened, you know, all you have to do is watch Forrest Gump <laughs> a right. little bit or, you know, watch some of the things like Full Metal Jacket and a bunch of those uh, movies and you get a pretty good idea of what was going on. Um, but 
you were in college. A lot of us were in college. And I, I was going to go to college, but there were a lot of guys I went to school with who were there strictly to get out of the draft. Right. And then if they felt themselves, you won't believe this, how many times this happened to guys I played football with, when they start to uh, feel themselves slipping academically and maybe they're going to get tossed, they'd end up going, going getting married and having a kid as a sophomore or junior in, in, in college because they just didn't want to go to the war. So it was, uh, you know, that that was a mo- the motive. That was a motivating factor to keep you, keep you, your nose at the grindstone. Okay, so, so you, you graduate what year? Nineteen sixty nine, height of the Vietnam Wars, right so before the Tet Offensive. Here you are, and and what's your degree in? I'm in finance. You've got it. You got a finance degree. BS in finance. And so then, what, what then? Then what do you do when you get out of Villanova? Okay, when I get out of Villanova, now I'm waiting to get my physical. Okay, because that's the first thing. They're going to contact you sometime within the next six months after you graduate to report to your hometown, your hometown draft board, and get a physical. Then we're going to know whether you are going to be eligible for the draft and go to the Vietnam War. So when I played football at Villanova, I had I had several concussions, okay? And I had one really bad concussion in my freshman year. And they were diagnosed and everything? They were diagnosed. We, about, we had a doctor. I was in the hospital for two or three days. Holy shit. And, what uh, happened? How did you get it? Do you remember? I, uh, they just- tell me... The we were scrimmaging the varsity, and I was playing defensive back at that point. I ended up playing offensive back uh, right. most of my career. But I was playing because we played both ways. We didn't have any scholarship guys there. I mean, we had bringing in twenty scholarship guys a year in these other schools. Alabama's right. bringing in one hundred and fifty. That was before the limits. That was before <laughs> the limits. You're out there in the so scrimmage. So I'm out there scrimmage varsity. They somebody said they threw a screen pass to my side, and I ran up to try to make tackle. I got run over like by three oh, offensive shit. linemen. So that was it. And you so, were out in the, no, in the hospital? Or? No, no. I got back up, okay, after getting hit, went into the defensive huddle, and they just said you started saying goofy things. Do you just, remember this? No, I don't remember anything. Okay. They told me this. Um, I don't remember any of this. And then we got done practice. And I went back into the freshman locker room, sat down in front of my locker, and started crying. And somebody came over and said, what's wrong? And I said, I can't remember my combination. Holy <laughs> shit. So so somebody goes, Doc Lee. Right. I, yeah, I think Frank's hurt. And so then you so, go into the hospital. So for they days. so Doc took me down to the emergency room and you know, I, I don't even remember this. And was there so any, I was in there any thought I was in there for a few days. Like uh, to quit? Maybe I shouldn't play football no, after that. Never. Because concussions weren't looked at back then. We didn't know anything about What about your family? Did they know that this was going on? Oh, I like, never told my mother and father. They, they never, didn't even fucking know you were in the hospital. They never knew. They, what would they have? What, what would they have done? They would have made me quit. Go back home. No doubt, they would have made you quit. go somewhere else. Yeah, try. And to that's why you didn't tell them. They would have called the head coach. They would have done everything. I said, no, nah, I just How didn't. How old were you? Eighteen. Shit. Nineteen years old. And so you had. And so you had multiple concussions. Yeah, I had some that weren't as you know what I mean. I, I got the. That was the worst. One. I I saw the stars and the thing and got up. And you just in those days you shook it off and went back in the game. Yeah. You know. And we didn't know about the repercussions for later in life that a concussion could cause. We didn't know, we know anything. So then how okay. did that affect your physical then? So, Okay, so here's the deal. So I got out in 69. I had this medical thing, and I get called in October. So what happened was the coaches said, hey, look, um, since you're probably going to get called up for your physical, do you want to help us with the freshman team and just stay on here after you graduate before you go do something? Because you could get into your career six months later. You're done. You're out. Right. You're going. You're in Vietnam somewhere. So I go. I, I go. Uh, or they asked me to say, "Do you want to coach?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. It'd be great." So Did I you went to before then. Had you thought no, about that? No, I, I hadn't really thought about. it. Okay. I thought I was going. Really, what I thought about was 
Villanova guys that were in the business school had established the uh, the Villanova Wall Street Club. And there was a bunch of guys uh. on Wall Street in Villanova that were doing really well. And they were hiring just like other colleges, Harvard would hire their guys and Princeton would hire a lot of their guys. When these Villanova guys established their own little club up there, there's a Villanova Financial Club, and they would hire a lot of the, the Villanova grads. And several of them contacted me. A couple of them had played football, and they'd contact me and say, if you want, I said, ah, let's wait to see. And they say, that's probably a good idea. So, so they call me in October. So I, I'm coaching at Villanova, just coaching the freshmen, scouting, just doing, you know, cleaning wastebaskets, doing whatever they want me to do. And, um, so the draft board gets a hold of me, and I, it was in October, and I had to go back to Pittsburgh to get my physical. So I went in, and we're all doing our thing, and they're doing their, you know, you know, drop your drawers, do all your stuff, you know, grabbing you by the right. nuts and going crazy. So the deal is, so I go in there, and the um, they say that I'm 1A. By the way, Todd Lebo just Lebo's walked in into the studio. I'm barging in. So, so right now where That's we are – is Frank is is graduated from Villanova. He's been asked to stay on as a coach. Only because they wanted me to wait around to see what happened with my physical. Right. Otherwise I was gonna go uh I was gonna go in and, you know, I, I was gonna go to Wall Street. Right. Okay, so, with those so you start mm-hmm. coaching. You're gonna get to run Wall Street. I was gonna go for Wall run Street. Wall Street. I was so then be you the start wolf. coaching and do you do you do you do you like it? Do you love I, it? You know Is what? It, uh... I was, I, I did, I did what I was doing. I mean, it was like, I, I was just going, what am I doing here? I, these guys are, they're working 16 hours a day. And I'm going, what the heck are you guys doing? Well, so I go get my physical. They tell me I'm 1A. I'm fine. I give them the doctor's report. About the concussion? There's three people. So I still see this today. There's a woman sitting in the middle and two men sitting on either side of her. And I handed her, she seemed to be the boss, and I handed her the, the concussion. She looked at it and she said, okay, today we're going to reclassify you 4F, meaning you cannot serve in the military. Okay? But we're going to review this and we'll get back to you. That was in October. So what was your reaction when you heard that? Well, I was I was pretty relieved. So I called the coaches. What They said, what do you, why don't you finish out the year and then after the first year you can go do whatever the heck you want to do. And I, I said, okay. So I said, I'm still being reviewed. And they said, well, come on back. So in December, they come back to me and say, we've reclassified you 1A. Time so to you, go. You, you, you're you going to go. You're going. You're going to get drafted, and you're going. Oh, fuck. January 1970, they institute the lottery, the draft lottery, pool number 252. So I didn't – that's the only reason I did not get Yeah, what number did they get to? They won 131 yeah. or 150, and what it was quick. What they did was – It was they, real quick. Every, every date – Got a number. Had a number. Right. So they drew them out of ping pong and balls, really. They, they did almost so like it was your the, birthday. Uh, bingo. It's yeah, like right? bingo. They're pulling these poor guys' names out. So they started at one. So it, if your birthday was whatever, whatever ended up being responded with one, number one, you were number one. That so was they it. just drew them out in lots. And then so like. It was like a bingo game. It's like, like, what are you for guys' things? lives. For young right. men, 18 to 22-year-old guys' lives. But that's just like why I think it's so wild. Like when my dad tells me he just went. I know. He just wanted to get, he went right. by choice, right. you know, and lied about his age so he can go a year early. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's why I look at my dad, fuck, man. Yeah, my dad had know. signed up for, uh, um, he just actually kind of joined the Army after he graduated from college. He's, he's older than you, so this was in the middle 60s, kind of before Vietnam really got hot, hot. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? Why would you do this? But he didn't, he, luckily right. for him, he didn't have to go over there. Yes. But the, you're, so, at the, the relief that people your age had when you're like, you didn't get number one, six, yeah, 12, right. anything in the top 100, you're like, just boom. 
So you, so yeah, you don't so, go. so deal with so now I'm not going, okay, and it's December or whatever, and then the coach and then the coaches say, hey, this is a pretty good opportunity. You got here, you want to stay on? We'll we'll make you a full time. You know, we'll put you on full time, which was how much be, was the full time money at Villanova? It's going to be about sixty five hundred dollars. So were you That's excited about this? <laughs> a week or what? <laughs> a year, but, but you still had the Wall Street option. I still had the, and the guys at Wall Street were were banging on my door. The whole, what come was on, Wall man, Street? What, what's here. that? What's that job? Well, they, they were all my buddies. Yeah, but it was it like sixty five hundred dollars to coach. What what could you make on Wall Street? Oh, I, I would have made a lot more money. So they said, you're an you... idiot being there. What what are you doing? Come on up here and you can make twenty five, thirty thousand or whatever. And I'm and I don't know cost of living. I'm in Philly. Okay, it's a big city anyway, and and we're out there in in, in Villanova, Pennsylvania, which is really high end anyway. So, but the you know everybody got us accommodations. We had right. places to rent that they. So why did you stay in. as a coach? I then? stayed because they asked me to, and it, it was what I knew, and I didn't go to Wall Street. So you kind of liked it then? Uh, no, I did. To, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great opportunity, but I I still there was always something nagging in the back of my mind, you know what I mean? And I think it was if I'd have started in high school. Say, you know, like a normal way to go would be you're a football player. You're not playing football anymore. You're a teacher and you go to St. Pius. Okay. And, you know, um, Rick Byers is up there as a head coach or whatever. And almost like Timmy, you're, you're done with that career and you, somebody hires you on as a, as an assistant. They think, well, he played at Villanova. You know, the coaches recommend him. He can be our offense. And you learn from the bottom up and go. But I, they thrust me right into the college thing, and I was I was, I was, was way behind How the many curve. coaches are on a staff at that point? Like, we know what it is, the rules now. Like, you could have nine or ten and these analysts. I mean, there was like five of you? There, was, of only, you? there was only five of us, yeah. You and remember, we still stuff. had freshman football. So I was actually coaching. When I went, I was actually coaching the freshman team. So then what was your trajectory? Take us through just your time in Villanova. Well, you went – you, you were what, what did you right? I, I was I was a freshman coach. Uh-huh. Then I was the wide receivers coach for two years. And Mike Ciani was there. Everybody who's a Chiefs fan remember older Chiefs fans remember Mike Ciani played for the Oakland Raiders for years, and excellent ball player. And of course, I'm his coach, and I'm I'm not coaching him. You coach I mean, the pro. I'm I'm going. You know, he's out there running these patterns. I'm and I've never seen before. And I'm just going, my good God! So you just let him alone. I wasn't coaching him. He was doing his own thing because he was he was just a great great football player. Okay, so what was your last year as a coach? And, and then my and then my last year as a coach was, uh, I was the uh, I was the offensive backfield coach. I was never the offensive coordinator. That would have been the next move for me. But remember, I'm learning from from right. scratch. So my last year was nineteen was the season of nineteen seventy three. So I graduated in 69, 73 was my last full season. So what happens is the season's over. All right. And they have the coaching, uh, they have the, the, the coaching clinic, right? They're gonna have the national coaches convention, convention thing, right? Yeah. It was in San Francisco. And so all the coaches from our staff went to that. You know, did you have any trouble on the wagon train across there? Or? No, I no, 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 no. You can no, see no. my dad and Janis Joplin there. Yeah, by well, chance. I, yeah well, so, so you yeah. go to San Francisco. So I go to San Francisco for the coaches' convention, and I got there, and I'd never seen anything like this city. I mean, it was just like you love it. I said, you, you, to me, until recently, I'll tell you a story about 2014, but to me, there can't be a city anywhere in the world that's better than this city. So then what do you do? So what I do, I don't go to any of the <laughs> coaching clinics during the convention. None. Zero. 
I blew them off. I started walking around the city, exploring the city. In the Tenderloin doing, District. Doing all, I was down at Tenderloin. Right. I was out of Haight-Ashbury. Man, it was, and I mean, it was hopping still in 74, right? So I was out there doing that. Dropping and this was with Jerry Did you have Garcia? long hair by any chance? No, no, no I, I let it grow a little bit. You know, I, but, you know, I had hair. Trying to get the visual. I right. had hair. Right? I had hair. But uh, but yes, so I, I did that. They could tell you the square from freaking right. Catholic school. That's <laughs> Narc. <laughs> So you're there. I'm sure they could tell too. But you fall in love with the city. And you I want fall to stay. in love with the city, and I'm I'm going. I've got to expand my horizons a little bit. I've been in the East Coast all my life, doing this stuff, thrusting, this, working 14, 15 hours a day, doing coaching. I, I don't want. I, I, I'm done. You're like, he should have worked 16 hours a day on Wall Street, made all this money. Right. Yeah. No, I would have done no well. money. Well, working the same amount of shit. <laughs> so then, what do you do? You're in San Francisco. Then, what do you decide? So then, when I get back to Philadelphia. Okay, this is January right. of 1974. So when I got back to Philadelphia, I went into coaches to see, see the head coach, and I told him, I said, hey, listen, I really appreciate the opportunity, and but I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go try to do something else. And they said, well, what the hell? I said, I, I don't know yet, but I'm going to try to stay in sports or whatever. It just so happened that day that the two guys who – did our play-by-play in color for the football game. We're in the outer office talking to some of the coaches about the upcoming spring practice and what's going to happen or whatever. These two guys were insurance salesmen. Okay. Right. And they did it as a, a, job, a, yeah. as a as a second job. So they're sitting out there. And um, I come out and I told them, hey, I'm leaving. And I've been doing a little bit of a coach's show with them. Okay. Because in those days, the coach's show didn't pay anything. So nobody wanted to do it. So they passed it down to the junior guy on the staff, who was me. I told you, I was emptying garbage cans and doing coaches shows, right? So I I did it with him once a week, and I sort of enjoyed it. I had a good time doing it. We'd have a player on. I'd interview him, do do whatever the deal was. And then they'd they'd interview us, talk about the upcoming opponents, all that sort of crap. So I'd sort of enjoyed it. And so these two guys are sitting out there, and I say, hey, Appreciate all your help. It was fun doing a show with you. And they said, well, where, where, where are you going? What are you doing? So oh, I said, no. I'm moving to San Francisco. I said, yeah. you know, and, I'm, and, and they said, you know what you ought to think about? You ought, you, ought to think about you ought to think about doing this, what we do. And I said, well, I still have to get a full-time job doing something. Said, no, 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 no. They said, go get a journalism degree. And we both wish we had journalism degrees. We had never done – we had never sold insurance. Right. So – I thought about it, and they said, you know what? There's a couple of schools in, in the country where you can go to school at night if you have all your prerequisites, okay, from college with another degree, and I might finance degree. They'll put you in on, on a on – A um, little track for journalism. A, a little track for, for journalism. They'll give you all these courses and do the – when you get out, you'll have a journalism degree too. And I said, boy, that's great. He said, well, what's good? Well, Temple – has one, which is right in Philadelphia. Well, that's no fun. That, you want to be that, in California. That, I ain't going downtown Philly. Right. Okay. And so I'm thinking, well, what about, you know, outside the area? And they said, well, San Francisco State. And I went, bing, bing, bing. Done deal. Bing, bing. San so Francisco then, State. And they didn't know I'd just come back from San Francisco. Okay, at the coach. Oh, so that's, you, you didn't. They didn't know you were going to San they Francisco. They had no days. idea. Oh, I was so going. then it was perfect. They, they, know, they, had a, they had a radio and TV studio there in, in the, at the station, like some, like you know, KU. So did you drive your ass across the country? I and drove, a, and I, what were you driving I, in? I was. You, you ready for this? Yeah. Grand Torino. He took the Grand Torino all Convertible. the way across. Convertible. You pack everything up and you go. I pack. I packed up everything I owned. All every every bit of clothing I put. A little less than a thousand dollars in my wallet. What'd your family say? Okay, cash money. 
Cash money. You went out there with cash money. Yeah, a, cash a young, young fresh-faced man with right. cash money in the tender cash land. Money. What could go wrong? Did your well, parents, were they well, they were, you well they? the deal was, so I leave Philly. He was a lost cause. Yeah, I, I was did you tell him you were going? No, I did not okay, tell him. I didn't go. tell him I quit either. So I told him, hey, I'm coming home. I got something to talk to you about. Oh, jeez. So I drive from Philadelphia. I'd already made my decision. I'm done. I got everything in the car. I got my money in, in, in my back pocket. <clears throat> I drive, I, I make the four-hour drive across the Pennsylvania Turnpike, that god-awful uh, trip that thing was. But the deal was, so I get home, and I sit them down. It's middle of the afternoon. My dad's home for some reason. I'm not sure why he's home. And it's in, it might have been a weekend day. And so he, um, we're sitting there, and I say, hey, look, I'm, I, I quit my job at Villanova. They go, Oh my God! You're okay. like 25, 26 right. years old. You're you're a grown up. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, yeah, you're sort, not some kid. Wait a minute. Sort of. Sort of. Remember, I'm still headed to San Francisco. Yeah, I know. I haven't grown up quite yet. Yeah. In fact, I'm not sure. I but have you're not yet. some kid like I'm, I'm quitting not, college. I'm not you're a grown a man kid. who's had a not job. A kid. So, you sit and tell your parents. Right. I'm out. So I tell them I quit. And so my dad and mom go, Well, okay, that's good. Listen, we've got people we know at Mellon Bank. Yeah. We got people, yeah. United States Steel. We got you can stay here until you get a job, and then you can. I go go to the postal service. Hey, no, I said. I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to California. I'm staying here overnight. I'm With leaving. Aching I'm leaving heart. tomorrow. Were they pissed off? They were. Well, they started crying, and <laughs> I've never seen my mother and father cry in the same room ever. And never seen them cry in the same room ever because before. Because they were going to miss you, or because they thought you were fucking up your life. Well, uh, probably a little bit of everything. They were so elated when I wasn't going to Vietnam. Right now, all of a sudden, I'm going as far going as they're concerned. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to you know San Francisco. Well, all they know is, about San Francisco is the crazy shit they see on TV. Is all the stuff they see hate Ashbury. Yeah. They think I'm going to get hooked on drugs. So you and I'm go. Be gone. I go. So I packed up everything and I'm gone. You drive Next to Kansas day, City on your way out there. I did. You, you you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I have in my old in my old scrapbook with well, pictures on them and the whole deal. I have a picture of the sports complex. And I'm driving. This is built, 1974. Right? Yeah. No, it was it was up. So it's, both it's, the same yeah. are side by Two side. Two years old. I'm driving I-70. Okay, go, going across, and I stop here in Kansas City because one of my best friend's brother lived here. He lived, he lived on Webb Street, W-E-B-B, in Overland Park. Uh, Dick Hammer lived here, and mm. Chucky Hammer. Wait, hold on. Was is, my that, is that a real person? That's a real. Can, no, that's know? a real. Chucky Hammer was my best friend right. in high school, and this was his oldest that brother. Was, that wasn't your nickname at Villanova, was it? Mine. Was it? Old no. Dick Hammer no, in the no, back. No, 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 on the yeah. Jersey no, no. Shore. Here no, comes no, no, old no. Dick hold Hammer. It. Hold it. Hold it. I was the dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not Dick Hammer. So and I, I stayed, and we went the night down to Country Club Plaza. I was in Hula Hands. He and his wife went to a movie. I didn't go. I I, I went to Hands and stayed around and drank and talking to people. You meet Kansas anyone? City. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet anybody there. Okay. No. And they came back. I was hammered by the time. Hammered right. with the hammer. Big hammer. Yeah, right. I was hammered. And all so you things. spent but a day in Kansas City. What, well, I did. I spent a night in Kansas But I was, I was driving through. I got off the exit for the sports complex. To take right. a picture? And I took, I take this picture. And the back of the picture, I put the date and the whole thing. I say, you know what? I may work here someday. Bang. And I, dr- and I took off. The rest so, of the way so and you, drove. So then I drove. I think I drove to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And then. It's like a three-day drive, right? <laughs> well, I It's went, a long drive. You don't just do that. You yeah, don't bike right, that thing off right. in a couple of days. And you had to go down to White were, River. were you enrolled in San Francisco no, State? No, no, no. You no. just drove to California. I just drove. Because remember, I'm getting there after the semester starts. Right. So, yeah. What were you going to do till semester was over? Well, I was going to wait. Well, I was going to get a job. 
because I was going to have a job during the day. But you weren't on Monster.com getting a job. You went out there with nothing. I wasn't on Indeed. Did you have a place to stay when you got to San Francisco? No, I did not. Gee, many Christmas. I I didn't didn't have So you you, you end up enrolling, you got in there? Yeah, right. I well, I enrolled. I got. I started in the summer and just. I virtually went four days a week. Went Monday through Thursday. Did not get a full journalism degree. I didn't stay long enough. Now, when I he says virtually, that right. was uh, that means almost not actually virtual. <laughs> it wasn't Zoom. So the, how long? Did what you was go to your day for? job? Yeah. Oh, I worked for Wells Fargo Bank driving a truck, but I wasn't driving an armored car. I was driving a little Ford Courier, open backed. We used. To, this is how long ago this was. We used to go from branch to branch. Grab the uh, check bag, giant bag. Just full of checks. Right, full of checks that everybody had written during the day. Threw them in the back of the truck. Went to another branch, picked up those. Took them down to the collating station in, in downtown San Francisco. That's why you could write a check on Friday in those days. And it wouldn't it would it wouldn't right. come he up was, until next he Tuesday. He was actual human Venmo. Is I, what he I was, was. I was a he human was... Venmo. So I did that from 6 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. And how long did you go to school for? I went to school for about a year and a half. So take right me to when there. you got your first job in broadcasting. Okay, so I apply for jobs. They have a job board, right? So I start apl- applying for jobs, and I'm applying for everything. I'm applying for, you know, just I'm applying for TV jobs. You'll do I'm it all. Much, I'm trying. I apply for a job in Casper, Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the starting markets for, for a lot of people. So I apply for a job in Grand Coulee, Washington. Radio job. Did you get it? My whole deal was I wanted to be a play-by-play guy, mm-hmm. okay, and I, I was going to be radio and do all that sort of stuff. It was big and those. I, I wasn't even thinking TV. Didn't even, TV never even crossed my mind. So I'm going to be the next, you know, great Al Regattas. You know, I'm going to be doing play-by-play and doing all that stuff. So, Grand Cooley, I'm going to do high school. I'm going to do their high. They got uh, they got a high school up there. So I'm what's gonna, this thing pay? Do, okay, this paid. I was working six days a week. One hundred dollars a week. You're five five grand. I'm, I'm I'm good. But they also let me sell. They also ah. put me in. They they let me sell some advertising on the side for the basketball games and do all stuff. And so what I, year is this now? This is 1976. Okay. 19. This is again. This is like February of 1976. I'm moving up in the middle of you know. Just, you're just a single uh, man here yet. You have I'm not still met, a single man. I have, I'm you haven't not, met Jan. No, I met Jan. I met, met Jan in, in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. While San you're Francisco. going to school driving ch- check trucks. Yeah, but not till very late mm-hmm. in, in in my tenure there. I met her in October and left in February. So then, how long were so, you were you up at this first? So so, <laughs> so I get there. All right, and I have they they have this place lined up for me to stay. So it's it's a it's like a hut. It, it's like a, a Russian yurt. Right. If you know what a yurt is, yeah. okay? So not really solid wall. I know what a yurt is because I've been watching the righteous gemstones. Right. There you and go. The yurt, the love Keith, guys. Keith sits, uh, go back to yurt. Yurt. Right. yurt. Okay. <laughs> it is it's like a yurt. It is in the back of a junkyard. I, I, the guy in front is a junkyard salesman. Right. You're in the it's yurt. In, I'm in the yurt in the back. It's this, his, this, it's this his yurt. Were you like the fucking watchdogs or what? Or what? <laughs> it's exactly what it was. You could go in there, and when I go in in the morning to take my morning sit, okay, right? The, the bathroom door doesn't close when you sit down. Right. You could stand up, and the door would close, but why? Who cares? You sit down, turn around, your knees are, you can't, you can't get the shut. thing past the, the head. You can't get it past the toilet. So I'm sitting there in the morning, 
And uh, and I'm thinking back to you know where I've come from and what city I was just in. Be on Wall Street. And I'm si- I'm sitting there. I can see every square inch of the of my place. Have I can see yurt? the bed. I can see the kitchen. I can see the front door. I can see the whole. I'm going. What the fuck? Nice place to bring. I, uh, oh, he you know. said it. Hey. It's a nice place to bring some girls back to. Huh? Oh my god! You want to come to my yurt? You, you weren't even thinking. Go to the junkyard and, <laughs> if the, and go, hey. get past the dog. If and the, the yurt <laughs> is rocking, don't come and knock. The yurt. Oh my god! The yurt. So, so you did high school stuff. How long? You okay. weren't there long. No, in fact, I did the, the basketball season. I'm not selling. Okay, I'm not selling stuff. I run into this guy named Jerry Eisenhart. He owns the radio station in Lake Chelan, Washington, which is a couple couple hours away. Basically, we met somewhere in the middle, right. Wenatchee, Washington, somewhere like that. We're up in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the Grand Coulee Dam's there, and all and the next city to us is Electric City. That was the name of the city because it was like the electric because dam. Because the, the dam was power. all the hydro powers going to California, wherever off of this dam. You know, and they have a big resort area back, but I'm living in this yurt, right? I'm not having any fun at all. So I meet Jerry Eisenhart, and he said, hey, do you, do you really like working at that, you know, there? And then I said, well, uh, no. he said, come on over and visit us. So I go over there, and this is a, a beautiful little resort town. Yeah. It's just, it's small, it's beautiful. It's got a big, long, man-made lake, Army Corps of Engineers Lake, and the place is beautiful. So you say yes. I say, I'm coming. So I quit Still the radio. Job. I was there, I was the uh, first job, four months. This is still radio, though. We're not still TV. radio. They have two high schools there. One's oh, Chelan High School. One's Manson High this School. This is big money now. This is this is the deal. Now. Where'd you live there? A yurt? I didn't live in a yurt. I lived uh, apartment. This after we we got married, so we lived in a uh, we lived in a uh, double wide. Okay, mm-hmm. but it was on a nice piece of property. And how much are you getting now? Now I'm only working five days a week. I'm still doing sales and stuff, but I'm making about two hundred bucks a week. Yeah. Okay, so I'm making a little bit more money, and I'm making stuff for the doing the high school games and do, so I'm making. I'm, right. I'm getting making ends meet. I'm, I'm getting. You're by. living in a double wide. I'm getting by. Okay. Young so man. I'm there for, and it was fun. I loved that place. That that place. It was beautiful. Have you ever been? It back? was fun. It was about. 15, no, I've never been You don't back. fucking love it that much. I'm going back. back. I'm going back. It, it's on my bucket. No, it's on so my bucket So how many more spots until you land in Kansas City? Oh, we're, we're, we're just getting started. Oh, we're, no, oh, yeah. you, So no, you get back the, to Eureka okay. now or no? No, not yet. Now, by, I'm just going to, I need to establish this now, okay? There's zero fucking chance this is a is a, a one-part pod. Can you come back next week? There's zero chance we're going to do this and done in one podcast. you got nothing to do. Come back what next you, week. No, 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 we're not done here, but I've got... I got uh, 20 minutes. We're going to bore all these people to death Are with you two fucking parts. kidding me? Okay. And then we get into Kansas City and then all the shit hits the fan? <laughs> can you come back and do part two? Yes, we will. can do part two, but let me get through part yeah, yeah, no, no, How no, we much got, time we got? We got 20 minutes. We're going to get you to okay, Kansas great. City. Okay, but you we actually need, have an off time on this deal? No. Oh, this was a podcast. I got a fucking sales meeting. I got to go. I'm selling. You think I care about those yokels in the sales department? Are you kidding me? Nothing's over till someone cries. That's the way this fucking shit works. So you're in this. Fucking place okay, now. So, now where do you go? So okay, so deal is now I'm there for a while and I'm getting now you're married though. I'm married now. Okay, so I uh, I have some response. No this kids. Is no Jeej yet. No, no G man yet. No G man. He isn't around yet. So deal is so I'm just thinking myself. Remember now, I didn't get started until I was 29. All right, in the in anything, I'm in I'm in 
Grant Cooley at 29 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm living in a in yurt. yurt. All my buddies are on Wall Street making, this dumb you know, $100,000 a year. At any point are you thinking, I need to go back me, to Wall, and, Wall and Street? And they're calling me all the time. Come on, Pudgy. They're calling me all the time. Come on, you can't. So why Come the on. fuck don't you go? I, don't, I didn't want to go. Okay. I just didn't want to do that. So okay. then where's the next spot? Okay, so deal with, So I'm, I'm in I'm probably about a year and a half in Lake Chelan. And I loved Lake Chelan. Lake Chelan was great. Love if you, you ever so go much, up there, never been back. all the people from Seattle go over there. They have summer homes over there, the whole deal. It's a beautiful spot, right? So I'm going, I, I got to get, I mean, I can't stay in Lake Chelan the rest of my life. I mean, this is ridiculous. I just can't. I'm, I'm a disc jockey. And I'm doing play-by-play, -play, and so I'm you're selling. Records? You're I'm, playing I'm some spinning records. Hits. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking uh, requests at night. You know, you you, you hit yeah. the record yeah. button. And you think, oh, play could it. you play Olivia Newton-John? Right. You know, whatever. You know, sure. And then so if you I, had to take a shit, you play Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven, time, baby, yeah. <laughs> love it. This jockey's that dream is uh, Stairway to Heaven. It was great. So. I did that, enjoyed the hell out of it, had a lot of fun, met a lot of great people. So deal was um, there was a guy who worked there who left. He was an engineer. Honestly, he took care of the tower and all like Drake. Drake. All right. He, he was a Drake guy. And he left. And when he left, he said, yeah, I asked, well, hey, where the hell are you going? His name was Bruce Black. Oh, Bruce. And I said, I said, where, where are you going? He By said, the way, I want, I want to say that all these names sound fucking made up. Dick Hammer, Bruce, Bruce Black. Black. Chucky like Hammer. Wait, <laughs> wait till we get okay. the Mark DeJosio. Right. You'll like him. So you're with so, Bruce Black. So so Bruce Black is our engineer. And so um, I asked him, uh, you know, like, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to radio station in Eureka, California. Now, that's close-ish to San Francisco. So you feel like you're getting near the big 200. town. 285 miles. Well, you're it feels like you're there. <laughs> well, you're in California. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in, in California. So he, I'm going, oh, wow. You know, That's north Jan, of San Francisco? Was, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, Wait right at, Almost uh, to Oregon. 60 miles below the Oregon border. Yeah. So Jan's from California, right? So, so she wants to go. So she, so she hears Bruce is going, and that got her ticked off. So um, the deal was, so then I— uh, Is this a radio station again? I'm still— I'm still to, no, Well, I'm st he's going to a radio station, right. right. So I keep him in the back of my mind, and I'm there. So I start applying for jobs, and I send him, I send him a tape. And they wanted me more for not as much on air as they wanted me to do. I was doing Humboldt State University is there. They had a bad—so they had an opening. So I contact Bruce. Bruce, long story short, I get the job in Eureka, right? So— Pack up. We pack up everything we own. You still have the Torino? <laughs> huh? We got a different car now. No, 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 no. Now we have a uh, God. What did we have when we went there? I forget. It wasn't. I forget what we had at that point. I think it was a. Was it an old beat up station wagon? Or something. I, I forget what that was. Family truckster. So it, it was just a family car. So we just drove we, your ass to Eureka. So so we drive to big money. Eureka, California. Uh, no, not particularly. Again, you make most of your money doing. I was doing a play-by-play. -play. Right. I was doing, you know, some of the high school stuff, and doing, I was doing, still doing sales, working five days a week, and I was still doing radio here. I, I'm still doing. TV. We don't have the radio. fucking beautiful face right, on the telly right. yet, and I'm still on the air in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And then I got off of that. I, I got off of the on-air stuff and just started doing the the stuff and doing sales. So I'm doing all that in Eureka. Well, I'm there for a while. And Eureka is one of the smallest TV markets in the country. It's like 180. It barely rates. It, it's yeah, way they didn't even have there. a number. Right. Yeah. In fact, one of the stations was two affiliates. Okay. ABC and CBS. Oh. <laughs> they took the best programming, which I right. thought was pretty smart. Yeah. Took the best programming from each station sure, and ran it. We'll take right. Monday Night Football right. yeah. and we'll also take 60 Minutes. Something yeah, 60 whatever. Minutes. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so it was a small. So on my travels is, you know, 
covering all these high school sports and doing Humboldt State University stuff and doing all this stuff. This one guy, Bruce McGowan, all who, the Bruce's. who worked at uh, he worked at uh, uh, KIEM TV, was leaving to go to uh, Portland, Oregon. He was going to get a job, and he was he, he was he was a TV guy, right? So um, he goes, "I'm leaving. I think you ought to apply for my job." Uh, at that point in my life, I'd never thought about doing television. Right. I never. So he left the Eureka TV station to go to Portland. And says you'd be good for this. Shit. He said. Apply for he, it. he said you'd be great here. And you do well. You have to go to a screen test or something. I, I did. I'd go in, and, and they never saw anything but the top of my head. Okay, because I was sitting there reading. reading, 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 reading. You need to specify. I had no, I had no you idea. Clarify, I, that I, sounds bad. Yeah, you know, right, right. All they're doing is reading you the top of my head. How did you get this fucking TV well, job, you know, well, you know how <laughs> All this all was the top of my head, and I got the job. I'm hired. <laughs> I'm hired. Because I'm reading right. off, off the script, and I have no idea what a right. teleprompter is, right? So that didn't go very well, and they were very hesitant. In the meantime, the guy at KVIQ, which was the other TV station over there, he quits. At now right, there's job openings all over. Now, now there are two two job openings. These motherfuckers right, are competing Eureka. for Frank. Right. So the deal was KVIQ came over with a better. He said, "Here's here's what we'll do." You know, because at KIM, I thought I was going to have to do some sales and do all stuff, plus cover the sports mm-hmm. every day and get the sports on here. I'm going to be there 24 seven. So you the deal be on was Wall Street, Frank. So, so KVIQ comes over and says, "Here's the deal." We'll hire you. you could, you're going to be the anchor, and you're going to do the sports, and we're going to hire a female anchor, and she's going to do the weather. And you've never done this shit before. I've never done TV before okay. in my life. I said, I'm on. Were they aware I'm of this? Do they, do they, they knew. Of course they knew. But it's hey, market hey, number, hey, like almost the, 200. Hey, well, still, he's never done it. Hey, they're reading the top of my head. So, what's okay, the, so, so what, <laughs> then how much are you making for this deal? Okay, this deal was about, I think I was up to about, um, shoot, I think it's Five, oh, maybe shit. five hundred, six hundred bucks. You're in right now. In there somewhere. You're making money. I'm now making some real cash. Who was the lady? Who was the TV partner? The, the oh, uh, weather I lady. I knew you'd ask me that. You now you don't remember this oh, name. Oh, and she hated me. Make and oh I, boy, well, I hated hate her too. Well, well, why? Well, because she just wouldn't work. She, oh the boy, producers, say something right now. Frank doesn't like people who don't work. The the producers would do. She'd make them write all the copy. She wants do to all, show She up. wouldn't even read the copy before. She'd spend. The hour between 10 and 11, remember news on 11 o'clock there, between 10 and 11, putting her makeup on and getting dressed. So why didn't she like you? She didn't, she didn't like me either. I didn't like her. Probably because you worked. I'm going to tell you this. Because I didn't like her. There's not many because women that like, like Frank Bowl. Yeah, right. Right. What so, the fuck did you do? So, so the, so deal was, what was her name? <sighs> Say it. I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. But so I'll, she did weather and she was your up. co-anchor. She was my co-anchor and, and did the weather and I did the sports. Well, Frank Bowl, over to you, all bitch. of a sudden, they had hired somebody to replace the other guy and they hated him. Okay, they he he got on there and hated him. McGowan keeps calling. But him you back. were doing news and take sports. Him, take him off KVIQ and just tell him he can just do sports and no sales. No, just let him do the sports and do the, the whole thing. So that's they they came over and said, look, you, you want to go to work for us instead? I said, okay. And they so gave there was you a raise. no. There they, was gave, no they, gave, they gave me a raise. There was no no uh, non compete. No non. I've never street. written a contract with a non compete. Yeah. At that point. So then what? So what year do you make the switch now to your second TV job? Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna leave there. We're gonna leave there. In 19, January of 1980, 1980. So it's like 78, 79, right? So we're getting close to Kansas City now. Okay. No, no, no. We ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. Two more stops. So deal was. I know this shit, right? Just one more. One more. Uh, So deal was, so I get the job. Okay. And now we're in Eureka. It's great. We're in California. Um, 
Garrett is uh, is now born. He's okay. born in Eureka. That's, he's born in Eureka. He's born. He was born in. You figure that Mad River Hospital in Arcata, <laughs> All this California. I know, yeah, absolutely. Arcata. Was you, Dick you Hammer wonder, there in the delivery No, Dick room Hammer was not He's there. He's back here in Kansas City. Wait, He's come back on here back waiting here, for Pudgy. me. Say, come on back, Pudge. <laughs> come on back here. So you got a baby, you got a wife, you're on TV, and we're in, in Eureka. Eureka. And we're in California, yeah. which is great because my wife can get back Close to enough. see her relatives yeah. 280 miles and drive down for weekends and go do the whole thing. Close to San Francisco, maybe get a job. Yeah. You know, hey, parlay this and ready. Or Sacramento. Right, somewhere in the state of California, right? Yeah. So what do I do? Start applying so for jobs. I start applying find... for jobs. Okay, and here comes Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's so California. Here comes Green Bay. <laughs> you said San Francisco here, or Sacramento, and then you do Green Bay. Here's in there. the deal. Here's the deal. So I apply for a job. I'm applying all over the place. This is just before Green Bay. There's a job opening in Orlando, Florida. Okay, so I apply for this job in Orlando, Florida. Comes down to two guys. Me and this other guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I got my bathing suit packed. I'm ready to go, right? We're going to Orlando. I'm going to Disney World. I don't think Disney World was even there yet. I mm-hmm. don't know. But I'm going to Disney World. So um, you don't get the job. I, I, apply, I apply for the same job. The news director calls and says, look, sorry, really loved your tape or whatever. We're, we're taking this guy from Green Bay. He, you, we're going to bring him down here because he's got some experience with professional sports. He's done a little bit more stuff than you have, and we really like your tape. And you know, good luck to you. And we'll see you. Who's later. this guy? So the guy, I forget his name. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be someone famous. No, 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 no. He did. Um, I'll remember all these things later. But the deal was. But now here's how just radio or TV works. He left there, so now you go try no, to get his job. No, no. The news director before I get off the phone goes. He goes. By the way. There's a job opening in Green Bay. Right. And he, hang, and, he, and he really didn't even say goodbye. He just he just hung up the phone. Yeah, So because that guy left there. You, you go One minute later, I'm on the phone to, to Green, Green Bay, Bay. Right? So I, I talked to this guy was McCrory. His last name was McCrory. And he was a guy, he was a news director, but he also ran the desk like Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Lindsay. Br- Bruce Lindsay used to do. He'd make all. He did all the work. He, he did all the, he was listening to all the, the, the ambulance calls and the police calls and the whole deal. But he was also the news director there. By the way, this, I call, so you go to Green Bay. Right? No, wait. So you go somewhere first? No, 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 no. I'm gonna eventually let him fucking say let where me he went. The story. God so, damn it! Todd. So the deal was, I, I call this. You got guy. an appointment? I I, I call this We're guy. We're getting through this. No, I call this guy on the phone, uh, the, their news director, and I say, uh, listen, I want to apply for the the, uh, the sport uh, the sports job that you have open in, uh, and it was not the main job. It was yeah. a weekend job, for for the for the sports job you have uh, in Green Bay. He goes. We don't have a sports opening. You're gonna. I said, I said yes, you do. <laughs> oh, shit. He said, what? I said, yeah, you have a sports opening. You broke some news. So he said, "So he said, well, I'm going to have to get back to you. I said, fine. So I left my number, whatever. 20 minutes later, he's back on the phone. He said, send me your tape. Send me the tape. I sent the tape. They never flew me in. They never did nothing. They took me on the tape alone because I'd come down to being – the number two guy in his job in Orlando, right? Which was a bigger, way bigger market than Green Bay even. So they figured, okay, let's see. The t- okay, tape's fine. Boom, we'll hire the guy. So they hire, no, so now I'm taking my poor wife and new, brand new baby What boy. did she say did about Did you drive Green your ass oh, to Green Bay? I drove to, I drove when you to said Green Bay. Actually, truck? they flew. I ended oh, up you driving. But what did she I say when you U-Haul. presented Green Bay to her? Well, I guess this is what we're doing. Be honest. Was that she was, like, fuck she, this? She or? was not happy. 
Because she's, she's California. She's not happy, but I told her before we went into this union that well, we're probably going to have to move and get out, try to keep in California, whatever. But there was no openings in San Francisco hey, or Sacramento. Jan, don't worry. The winter's great. <laughs> don't the, worry. The, the winters are Listen, mild. Here's, here's the best. Like California. Here's when did you best. move? So, what month? When was your move? January. <laughs> All right. Hold on. No, no. I actually we moved in like oh. mid it was like mid-December. We, we get there in yeah. January. Jesus. We what spent, year was this? This was January of 1979. All right. Here's the deal. So we go there, and in my infinite wisdom, and it, it ended up being great. I was only there for 15 months, but we spent two, two winters. Two winters. You nailed two okay, winters. I'm talking 30 degrees below zero wind chills or nothing. Guys are out ice fishing, cross-country skiing, snowmobile. They don't care. Hey, it, Weather it, doesn't bother the, them the a Packers bit. The Packers are one of the most storied franchises ever. Not when Frank was there. No. Right. Was Bart, Bart Starr was the head coach. Yeah, that wasn't a good time. They no. were terrible. So James so, Lofton was in the locker room. Uh, Paul Kaufman was in the Lynn Dickey was in the locker room. I met shit. all those guys there. So it was amazing. So it's taken about an hour to get get to, to Green Bay. <laughs> and that's why we have to do part two because I don't want to rush you this shit. That's right? fine. We and don't You have can do to. part two. Well, I can next do part week, two. Next week, right? Right. Will you be part of I'm, I'm then, more available next then, week. Then he, he, then he starts to enter your life at some point. But I do so. I think I, we're boring these poor people to you, tears. I don't think. Do you, ben, do you think this is boring? This guy had interaction with Dick Hammer and Bruce Black. It's been fantastic, and people want to know. So these then, are the paths that people took to get right. these jobs. So you're at Green Bay, and so we're going to leave it at Green Bay. We're in Green Bay. Then your next stop's Kansas City. Yeah, we're going to okay. go Green Bay. So you're yeah. Green Bay. So just as a teaser, but I do have to ask you a couple of questions yeah. about Kansas City. Yeah. Look a little fast forward. Like you know, a little uh, cliffhanger here that Lebo provided me. Oh, Number one. Okay, in Kansas City. We're looking towards the future here. Just give people a little, a little taste. Let Don't them, tell the story now, later. You're going to let them wet their beak. No, I got no, no, question first. Question first. Who was a bigger pain in your ass in Kansas City? Kevin Keatsman, Al Wallace, Jason Lamb, or Ann Carroll? Just be honest. And you don't have to say why. Just give us the name. Continued next week. <laughs> Do you know what he's going to say? I have no idea. He's going to say none of them. Okay. That's what he'll say because Pudgy's fucking nice. Okay. Uh, Were you ever hit by a car while working in Kansas City? Uh, In Seattle. Uh, But you were hit by a car in Seattle. Yes. What the fuck happened there? Can you tell us that? We got a few minutes. I was hit by a car in the Seattle parking lot by the girlfriend or wife. She was drunk. Of one of the Seattle Seahawks players, but I'm not sure which. It was what the scary fuck as fuck. Are you talking it about? was scary. Did how big was the bruise? Oh, it was from. You get fucked up. I mean, like, from, like from how, how fast was she going? Well, she had just she she she, she had like hit, revved it or something. No, no, you there? no yeah, right he's there. right there. Did you see it? He's I right, saw, he it. saw it. The deal was, did it look bad? Yes. She thought I think she was in drive and she was in reverse. <laughs> yeah. And she oh, no. she hit the accelerator. Like she was going. Did we're you go off in the air? And or she, like, well, no, she I spun hit the off. This fucking idea hit the ground. This I hit goddamn the ground. Frank Bowl, bro. I hit the ground. I was so, I was so, bruised so, from, from my from my hip to the top of my. Were you my carrying knee. anything? Like, yes, we, we had all of our I had gear, bags, and all this. Tell me what you're seeing from your van. What I was you carrying. Dark. I was carrying a tripod. It's dark. I think Al's there. Our photographers. I don't remember which photographer. Fritz. I think it was Fritz. Probably Fritz. And this is when we were doing all the. We probably had a producer. We had all kinds of people. Yeah. This was Joe Montana times, right? And uh, oh. we're walking, and it's dark, and because it's late in the year, and we hear this, and we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And the lady just goes backwards and fucking hits him. And we're like, "Holy shit!" And then if it, I was 
two steps back, you would be talking to me right now. So you, you, because she hit. kept going. I mean, she. Yeah, there boom. wasn't even like a real stop. And she like, didn't talk even about really screech. And then she put it in. Did she drive. ever? Did you? No, she put it in drive and left. It's like basically a hit and run. So she then you gone. see him hit. Like, what do you think? Well, oh, we're shit. like, are you okay? And of course he's okay because he's Frank. But the bruise <laughs> was days later. Did you go to the hospital or nothing? No, no, no. Hey, we had we had to get stuff to do. We went and and went to the TV to King or Cairo, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Added our stuff, and then we went. I think we went to McCormick and Schmitz. We went to a very fancy. Steakhouse I've never, that. I've never been that's in McCormick and Smith's before. Fine, but I and I know you're double tough, but I feel like if you get hit by a car, that's got, enough I, to at least go to like the fucking S, ER. It was like an SUV thing too, or something. It was a big kind of deal. Yeah. And we went and had a really nice, uh, fancy dinner because dinner? that's what you did because you ain't paying for that shit. And uh, I threw up on the plane the next day. Boom. There we go. <laughs> to be continued. What's wrong with you? To be continued. <laughs> and so, okay, and so, and so then when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> next, remember, remember, we got to get out of Green Bay and get next, to Kansas City so, first. So, on the next episode of Hot Mike with SSJ, we will get Frank Bowl out of out of Green Bay, out of Green Bay, out of the Seattle Seahawks parking lot. And in the, and in Did the you have a kid born in Green Bay or no? No, nobody was born. Nobody's born. Yeah, yeah, the other Kansas the City. other four were all born in St. Luke's. Oh shit! Okay. And so we'll get you to Kansas. And so just for when, when, when did you arrive in Kansas City? Uh, that was um, my first day on the air was April Fool's Day, 1981. Yes, you're you're coming in in the fucking heyday of George Brett. Hey, I'm we're, we're hitting I'm now. about now ready to go it. on a trip to cover the Kansas City Kings. Okay, oh the Kansas City, I'm gonna wear my Kings hat for this. You know what? Uh, he's also he walked into a baseball strike. Right in that up, right in the middle so of the strike. The uh, part two of the origin story of Frank Bull will continue next week. And we'll find out more about who was the biggest pain in his ass in Kansas City. Uh, the Everybody aftermath, I worked with was wonderful. The aftermath of getting hit I by a true. car outside the kingdom, uh, <laughs> covering George Brett, covering uh, which athlete was the biggest pain in the ass for him to cover. All these that. things. I want you to think about this stuff. Who was the mo- what was the what was the the most fun we had? You had covering a team. What team did you fucking hate covering? What person? I want I want names. I want it all. I didn't hate covering it because oh, it got me out of town. That's right. There we go. <laughs> So uh, until and you're going to be part of this too, Todd. If I could pull you away from your fucking phone, I feel like you're one of my sons. Can you, can you pay attention I got to your a text dad from for my a wife right here? I'm helping out Denise, with Corey. I got he's all these the things going podcast on right now. I'm good next week. Todd Lebo, Frank Bull, part two. And I want you to think about this because I want you to dig deep. We need to get into some shit. And his, well, you got this guy feeding. You know, I know a lot. I know radio, Frank Bull. I got I got those TV, Frank Bull. So no bullshit here. And maybe my, I might even bring my dad in for this thing. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's Frank Bull. That's Todd Lebo. I'm Stephen St. John. Part two of the Frank Bull origin story next week, right here on Hot Mike with SSJ.